You're listening to the Funny Women Survival Guide, the uplifting tongue-in-cheek podcast where we chat to British comedy's funniest females in an attempt to cheer up and entertain the nation in these uncertain times. And here's your host, Alexis Strum. So this week is a bit of a Better Things special as we have two members of the cast from the hit BBC series joining us in the studio for a little chat. We've got writer, director and star of the show, Pamela Adlon, and national treasure, Celia Imri, who plays her mum, Phil, in the series. And I am beyond excited and fangirling like an absolute ruddy lunatic. So what's next for Better Things? And when the heck are we going to get season four over here in the UK? And what can we learn about survival from these two inspirational ladies? For a long time, I think people thought I was on holiday for three years, didn't they? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's been a huge hit. And I really, really want to make sure that series four comes out soon. So we're going to have to make this happen because we're missing out. We don't know what's going on. It drives me crazy because on social media, people are like, when's it coming? When's it coming? I can't even go to my network anymore and ask because they, the you, the BBC player, you know, it has nothing to do with it. So like, I literally would be talking out of my butthole. So I, I assume it's going to be sometime soon because it's all aired here. I think yeah. they should roll out together at the same so time. Make everybody, you know what I mean? So do I. It's keeping us, keeping us excited about it. Yeah. And your tweets are wetting our appetite because obviously, and we are talking about better things. If, if you've just joined us and you're not sure what we're talking about, we're talking about better things, which is Pamela Adlon's amazing baby. We'll call it Yay. baby. It's a TV series starring, co-starring Celia Imri and um, <laughs> amazing cast. And we're up to season three in the UK, everywhere else. So I'm guessing this is on in other countries, etc. aside from the States. Is this a... Oh, movie? Yeah. I mean, I get, I, all I know is like what I, what I hear and, and feedback that I get on social media and fan mail and it's all over the world. It's in India, it's in Spain, it's in New Zealand, Australia, Mexico. Um, uh, and it, it, that makes me so happy because I've always felt that my show is really an international show. It's not an American show. It's a very human story and so I have always wanted it to be for the people and then I put Celia Emery in it and it's and just like it all. It just, <laughs> no, it went fail. the moon it went it, <laughs> universal this is I'm stalking of you I've, I've seen pictures of your mom uh, Pamela and I'm guessing oh, yeah. that this was 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 C- was your mum the blueprint, or did Celia arrive in your head and you were like, "Mum, you're going to have to change what you look like to fit in"? What came first, Celia okay. or mum? Well, my mom is my muse, okay. of course, and uh, you know she used to drive me absolutely fucking bonkers, and she would come in and start telling me stories and just be like, "You know, when we just..." When we take the, uh, well, we have the committee and I will go to the museum and whatever. And I would just, and finally one day I just looked at my mom and I'm like, oh, you're funny. This is funny. Why am I so annoyed by you? And instead of me, you know, being agitated, I embraced her. And then, you know, 
it's along comes my show and I said to my mom, what should I name the character who's my mom? And she said, Phyllis, because that was her, her mother's name was Phil. And then, um, you know, I mean, my idea of Phil, of the mother character was, I wanted her to be formidable, like just, you know, um, and kind of like a mixture between Catherine Hepburn and Philadelphia story. And then the next day you could see her and she's like a fluff, like a little old fluff. Meanwhile, I end up casting Celia Imry, who's like younger than me and hotter than <laughs> I've ever been. And it's really a fucking nightmare because she's just comes in all tits, gangbusters. And the first, <laughs> the first fitting, oh, they yeah. put her in this like suit and the, the tops open and tits and she's got this cool haircut. And I'm like, okay, wow. This is yeah, amazing. Oh, that was not good. No. And did no. you, was Celia the only, I mean, I, she can't hear us. Was she the your only choice or did you actually get anyone else in to read for the role? She was the number one choice. Correct answer. But the, the marvellous story, Alexis, is that we met just like this. Oh. That's the weirdest thing. I don't think I've ever got a job on screen. It was a sort of Skype, wasn't it? Pamela. It's true. I was in Vancouver, yeah. and you were in your house, and we talked and laughed. And I, I don't know how you did it, but I got to read the script as well on she screen. Really worked me. Over yeah. <laughs> yeah. She worked me. She kept doing like things with her eyes and her hands. Like, yes, yes. You will want me. She's <laughs> putting her spell on me. You know, it's one and, of the modules uh, in drama school, I think, isn't it? Year yeah, three. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she she was. I, I got very I got very lucky. Obviously, you did. So did I? So did I. Boy, oh boy. So how has this changed things for you? See, obviously, you've had um, you've had a, an international career. You've done big movies as well as British TV, which we will get to because we have to talk about Acorn Antiques. But how how has this changed um, your life in the last? Is it three four years? Yes. Well, I mean, what is. Pamela can't stand me talking about her, but the thing is she's made a dream of mine come true because I jumped on a ship one day and thought, I'm going to America now because if I don't go now, I never will. And it was something that I thought, actually, you can't be internationally well-known, really, until you've caught, courted America. And so Pamela gave me the chance. And, oh, uh, that's, so that's what you did, Skills? Like, you, you just literally said screw it i'm going to america and that's yeah. when you met flea you exactly. like every meeting you could exactly exactly and well, if this you remember an amazing story to tell people who are listening to this of how to pioneer your future you have to do it and it was i think angus had, my son had just gone to university so i knew that this was a good moment but yeah. but if i'd left it any longer or not jumped literally jumped ship yeah that's how i like to come rather than fly and uh i had no idea what was going to happen no idea so yes it was a gamble but a great one great you know this is can i please say can i oh, say uh, one okay this is so cool this is so cool because you did that and okay there was one film 
originally cast. This is just a great story. And that's when I went to meet Flea. And it was Fanula Flanagan. Okay, yeah. It was my first film. And I met her. We had tea. And she was incredible. And she was going to be Phil. She got offered an ABC pilot. Of course, we could not even touch the money mm. that she was being offered. And so Fanula, dear, I love her. She went away. And then Flea said, I met the most incredible woman. Um, but I had cast Fanula. But then Fanula took the ABC pilot and she said, now you have to meet Celia. And oh. I was like, oh. And that's because Celia horned her way into every <laughs> office she could get into. I did. In and LA. I, and Flea said to me as I left that day, she said, it's such a shame because there was a marvelous, wonderful part absolutely wow. before you, but I'm afraid it's been cast. So Pamela, were you aware of Celia's uh, pedigree? You didn't, you've never seen, because you have to have seen Acorn Antiques by now, I'm guessing, at some point. I'm, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I mean, I, ladies. I mean, I'd seen Celia's tits in Calendar Girls. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw her in Punk, Punch Drunk Love and, you know, all her things. I mean, I'd loved her for years. Bridget Jones' Diary, everything. But Celia and I are like that person that it's like, oh, I know that. She's in that. I know her, but we don't mm -hmm. quite, you know what I mean? We're in the psyche. I mean, I think she's like, you know, Celia's like a dame and shit, right? Isn't she a dame by now? I Come on, you guys. This, but I love being a dame and shit. That is <laughs> <laughs> and also, um, I'm, I'm very dame-like on set, aren't I, Pamela? Oh, my God. Uh, I can't. It's a nightmare. It's like a nightmare. I can't. Did you... Have you seen, we did, I don't know if we published it, the gag reel of Celia uh, this season, having her heart, uh, I'm spoiler alert. We can't even talk about that. No, don't uh, tell we'll me that. No, we can't. Oh, I love it's it. It's unfair. I don't have to speak in code or something. See, the thing is, Sorry. is, anything that Pamela asks me to do, I will do. And yes. that was a sort of fatal thing, because I think I sort of said that to her once in the dressing room. In the, in the makeup room. And so she does, she gets me to do, well, you'll see. Well, it's well, under- it, It's been quite awful. I mean, she, she's lovable and in certain moments, as you say, there's, there's the moments of Steel Magnolia, but they, you've done some awful things and said some awful things in character as Phil. I have, oh yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, that's- Right. You know, uh, uh, levels and levels of, apart. Nothing, I've never played anything like it. There's nothing, there, people aren't black and white. People aren't all bad, all good. And so, you know, you see, you see Phil being sassy and then you see Sam physically abusing Phil, like pushing her up the driveway. Uh, and you see them pranking each other and playing with each other. But you also see them having real conversations. Yeah. And they're, they're at the forefront of each other's mind. Yeah. So it's it's um it's a it's it's a very human relationship. You know, it isn't just like Phil is a is an asshole or whatever. Yeah. Sam's an asshole sometimes too. You know, but um, 
we have to talk about your for, uh, Sam's daughters because, boy, that's a roller coaster. The complexity of the the daughters' characters. Um, you just go on such a journey with them. Sometimes you're like, what little shits? But then they right. do something, a little moment when they bring the cake or whatever. How much of that, and you, you don't have to be too honest if you don't want to, how much of that has come from your relationship with your own daughters? That kind well, of love them, hate them. Well, that just comes from, you know, raising three girls, raising three young women. So, I mean, that's my barometer for what I know. Um, and also stuff from my own childhood, you know, I'm, I'm able to relive that, um, the, the fight that Frankie and Duke have in the parking lot of the go-karting place. When I say, you can say anything you want to each other, you know, that's something that my mother did with me and my brother when we were young. And like, I was about to stab my brother in the chest with a fork with <laughs> to murder him. I, and I just, I was ready to murder him. And my mom kind of just went, ah! and she pretended to faint on the floor to get us to stop trying to kill each other. <laughs> and then she put us at opposite ends of the hallway and she said, Five minutes, you can say anything you want to each other, anything. And we couldn't even get through 30 seconds. <clears throat> and that's what I put in the show. So um, it's such a good moment. And what a clever thing to do as a mom, actually. Right? It's a brilliant idea. It's a brilliant idea. I'll never forget, Skeels, when you said to me, when I showed episode 301, to the crew. Remember, we all sat on the floor of the living room. Yeah. And it ends with Frankie and I reading A Raisin in the Sun back yes. and forth. Yes. And, and we all cried, didn't we? And you looked at me and you said, God, I wish I'd done that with Angs. I know. I do. I do. It's, the things that you've done with your daughters, I mean, in your real life and put on screen, it's very... Um, well, it's, it's universal, you see. That's what's so clever. It, 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 it's not English. It's not American. It's everything. And I love that we're playing in India. I think that's so cool. I read a fantastic um, article someone had written. I, I saw you picked up on it, Pamela, about the maternal street, basically, in Better Things and how it's very much... It could be a situation that's there to hurt, but it's there to soothe. I just thought it was a lovely article and it was such a positive spin on what is actually a positive experience of being a single parent. Um, I'm one as well. And that was what connected me with the show. Um, mm. I just think there's such a beauty in it, the beauty in that relationship that you have with your daughters. And actually it's enviable. I don't think I've ever watched anything where a single parenting situation has been enviable. So, you know, I just wanted to say thanks for that. Um, you know, some of the moments, my favorite. So I want to ask Kate as well, because Kate's a massive Better Things fan. So I want to say what my favorite moment's been so far, because I haven't seen bloody season four, because we're not allowed to yet. But my favorite moment, and I really need to learn how it all happened, was when you perform Tilted for, um, was it Frankie's graduation? Max. Max. Right. So Celia, I didn't know you could dance that well. So that was amazing. But I howled with tears. It was just beautiful. What a gift. And I was expecting her to get a car. You know, uh, for those of you listening, if you haven't seen it, um, 
Pamela's character, Sam, gets this present, arranges this present for her daughter's graduation. And it's that all of your family do this choreographed Christine and the Queen's track in the garden. So That's how did that your favorite thing. Talk about, you go ahead, Skills, you talk about yeah, it. Yeah, tell us. Well, the thing is, um, first of all, um, uh, uh, I wanted to be a ballet dancer when I was young. So um, that was a thrill for me. But we did work. Ballet or belly? Ballet, and but it turned into belly, but yeah. Um, but uh, um, the the most wonderful thing about the whole thing is that we kept it totally secret from from Ooh. from Max. Um, so she had no idea, and that was a thrill. Actually, we all had to speak in code, and we worked really hard. Wonderful choreographer, and we worked for two hours at a time, didn't we, um, Pamela? Each weekend. In fact, I'm not so sure we didn't do both days, Saturday and Sunday, maybe. No, yeah, we did two, two to three hours secret choreography with Cat Every Burn. weekend, yes. <clears throat> Every single weekend and... Um, All it, secret. And I had pulled the pages from the script, so, so it was just a need-to-know basis because I didn't want it to leak departmentally. And, I mean, we built that stage and everything, but... Uh, we loved doing it. It was, I, I mean, for Celia and I, we lived for those weekends, even though I, you know, we were shooting Monday through Friday. Yeah. I'm in almost every scene I'm directing. So five days and I, you'd think I would be exhausted on the weekends. It was exhilarating. I would go pick up Celia in West Hollywood, drive her to the Debbie Reynolds dance studio in Van Nuys. And we would do, we would spend three hours Saturday and Sunday or one of those days doing this, this routine. I knew that I had to start at the beginning of pre-production. Otherwise I had to get it into my body so I could remember it, you know? And then I slipped my disc on the day after we had done it two times. And so you can even tell how I'm moved, like... (laughs) And that was was part of it. (laughs) And then we went to White Rock right after. And so we shot that in June. And then in October, I finally got an MRI. And my doctor was like, what are you doing? Whoa. Like, I'm busy. (laughs) (laughs) But but on the day, do you remember, it it was like a sort of first night. We were so excited, having kept this secret for weeks, actually. Yeah, and, we and then we, and then we did it. God, it was good. It really we kept was it secret for three months. And so, also, how many takes Pamela, did you have? Sorry, how many takes did you have of her reaction then? Or was that the the, rea- the reaction we see on screen? Is that, that was her, genuine? Yeah, that's her reaction. Wow. I totally thought she was going to be like crying or whatever, but <laughs> you know. But it was I, it was totally real. And then every time she comes on. Um, I start dancing. Actually, it gives me, my whole stomach turns over because she's such a hit, Christina. Oh, Celia's talking about Chris. Christina and the Queen. And and when the music comes on, it it thrills me. It was a a great, great thing to pull off, and we did. We all loved it. Um, And Mikey, who plays Max, she said it's still one of her favorite memories ever. And I know for Olivia and me, Hannah and Celia... It, I mean, it's unparalleled. And Kate, what, what was your um, favorite? Well, favorite I was going to say the Tilted <laughs> So, so lovely to hear that everyone is so connected to it and that there are all these great stories and that it's a real 
favorite. And then, and then I took my uh, daughters to go see Chris. Yeah. Ian and the Queens at the Wiltern in LA. Um, oh no. Chris performed at Hollywood forever. Uh, the, the cemetery. That's one of my favorite places in, in oh, LA. Yeah. They have a stage. And so I was with my oldest daughter and we're sitting there and we're dancing and everything. And, and, um, and then all of a sudden the beginning notes of tilted oh, happened no. and, and, <laughs> and I looked at each other like, Oh yeah. And I didn't think Chris knew who the fuck I was. And she looked right at me and she goes, this is for you. Oh, oh how thrilling. Oh God. Oh I God. What a marvelous present to get someone. Yeah, that is a marvelous present. And how did you think of that? Had someone ever done that for you, Pamela? Or is it just, it just came up? No, uh, believe it or not, uh, a lot of the show is scripted and it's not based on (laughs) real life. (laughs) I don't want to believe it. Because I don't, I just God, If one more fucking person is like, (laughs) how much of this is based on your real life or whatever? I mean, my kids are getting confused, everything. But, um, I can tell you that my my friend Heather, who uh, used to do my roots uh, before she moved up to Ojai, we we would we would be in the salon and we would show each other music or whatever and say I'm listening to this or look at this and she showed me the Christine and the Queens video mm-hmm. and I was like I couldn't get it out of my head. I became obsessed with it, obsessed with her dancing and the choreography and the st- the black box stage. And so um, I knew I wanted to do it in the show. And I knew that I wanted us to do it, the family to yeah. do it. And so I even gave Heather a special credit, special thanks uh-huh. to Heather Adams, because she's the one who showed me the the video. Well, I was going to ask you about the music in the show because I, I mean, I don't I haven't seen an official soundtrack and I feel like there should be. It's on Spotify, like everybody. Yeah, yeah. I, play, I found the playlist, but um, I like to buy CDs because I'm old, old school. But how do you come up with, are you involved in the music supervision or is that just, is you literally doing so much with the show? How of involved do you I, get with it? Of course I'm involved with the music. I have yeah. a music supervisor, Nora Felder. She started with season two, but um, I um, get an idea in my head. So I came into this, oh, I can't talk about season four. Okay, then. Anyway, I knew I wanted (laughs) to have a choir sing Shake It Out, the Florence and the Machine song. And uh, I knew I wanted to have Tilted. I knew I wanted to have, um, there's certain cues that I got married to, like Mm -hmm. only women bleed and things like that. And then Nora brought me um, the Corinna Rep song, uh, Pattern of of Electricity, the one that's rising, Mm -hmm. rising from the Santa Barbara episode. So between Nora and I, um, we make beautiful music together. I think it's just, it's the mood. It's just the mood of certain, I think that it was the end of the pilot episode with both sides now when that comes in. I mean, I've heard that track a million times. Oh, yeah. In the context. Yeah, I needed that. Clouds, the orchestral version of Joni Mitchell. So that was was in my head. Uh, I also had three Lou Reed cues that I wanted. I could not get them. 
I did get the Laurie Anderson cue, Oh, mm. Superman, and, and Only Women Bleed. And so I had to swap some stuff. And so my friend Sean, he was like a starving musician, Sean Allen. And I said, send me your music. And I yeah. ended up putting four of his cues in season one. And it, one of them is in a scene with me and Lenny Kravitz. And he got shazammed so many times. <laughs> he got representation. He it put him on the map. So you know, sometimes when you can't afford one person, then you give an opportunity to somebody else, and it it blew him up. And it really is a great success story for him. I didn't know that. What a wonderful, wonderful present. That oh. is a lovely story. That it goes on and on and helps people. I mean. Um, you mentioned about Lenny Kravitz. I've got a personal interest in all the guys that, you know, Sam's character almost gets together with. And it's just, I don't know what happens in season four, obviously, but, um, I, for one of the, one of the hooks of the show is just, there's that old fashioned longing that you get when you watch a great show where you just find that you want these two people to get together. And I feel like when I watch it, as much as I love that you're, character is a single parent she's thriving and everything but you just wanted to find someone who's on her level and I, it's great it must be so exciting for you that you can sit there and cherry pick anyone from the acting world and go right I want to get David Duchovny and I want to get Lenny Kravitz in etc well but, um, David told me he goes put me in your show so oh wow so that, that's how he ended up in and um Lenny and I have known each other since we were kids Mm. Uh, we we grew up together. We hadn't seen each other in 30 years, which is so wow. cool. Um, but it's really interesting how people need people to hook up. Yeah. And you'll see, I, I can't talk about season four, obviously, but, you know, I myself am single and, you know, I'm very happy to, it, it, in my life. And, you know, some people just think that a single woman is an unhappy person. And I don't, you know what I mean? Like I, 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 I'm very fulfilled and um, even more so, I don't want to have a relationship. I don't want to smell somebody's mouth. I don't want to, you know what I mean? Like get the, no, I'm super happy with the way it is. At the end of the day, I just have myself and I go, okay, what can I watch now? Okay, let's watch Acorn Bricks. What's your show? Acorn Antiques. <laughs> yeah. There's the segue. Yeah, it. <laughs> loved it, loved it. But you under- do you understand though that like us, us, like us viewers, we just, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the setup or what. And um, it's just that you just want her to find I don't know. You just still want her to find someone despite the fact, and maybe it's an old fashioned conditioning yeah. or something in all of us. And it's good making me question myself for saying it, but, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's that disappointment. And it, I think basically no one matches up to her because she's so strong. And the guys that kind of, there was one guy, um, played, when you go on a date to a winery, uh, he was a very famous child actor. And I can't think of the guy's name. Henry Thomas. I yes, love okay. that episode. I love yeah, it was gorgeous. Oh, but he's, 
you know, and you just get this and you're like, you really want him to be big enough and you want him to be strong enough. And he's just not. And it's just disappointing. I mean, um, yeah, yeah it was them alive. Yeah. 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 Do you think, uh, well, you can't tell us if there's someone that matches up, but do you think that's like a common desire when you're watching a show that you're invested in that you want to see romance there? I, I do. And uh, I, I exactly like what I'm saying to you. I wonder, I wonder why it's not okay for somebody to, to not have that, you know? So um, I mean, so anyway, I can't talk about this season. So <laughs> and teeth. But, but it starts off, isn't oh. it? Uh, I mean, at season four, you'll see the, the, the Sam and her daughters have a conversation exactly about this in the car. Okay. Because exactly. I, I, I like, like the I'm idea. In we went in a time machine to <laughs> yesteryear. <laughs> but I like the idea of, 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 you know, Sam being single, because I think it is something, like Alexis, you said earlier, you just don't see sort of aspirational single women just they're just single that and that's not their their usp or anything that's just yeah. how it it's is Maybe, like, there's cousin brenda at the party where are we gonna put her <laughs> the spinster <God. laughs> yeah i mean yeah. maybe it's because i'm in a relationship so i like watching single people <laughs> yeah. ah that's interesting <laughs> so acorn antiques okay should we should we cover that off because i feel like good night Go on. <laughs> well, I have to be quick. Okay. This is what she does to me. You know, yeah. if she's not Sorry. in a scene or in I'm an episode, in. she's in the bin. She throws yeah. the fucking the Don't bin. even open it, actually, when I'm not in it. No. Um, so, yeah. The thing is that but Pamela would have to see it because the thing is, you'd laugh, you'd like it, Pamela, because you see me going wrong all the time. Okay. I. I what's it on? Is it on BBC or... You find it on YouTube. Still. I was going to say, I think it's on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the, whole, the whole point of it is it's, in a re it's a really ropey soap opera. And I'm trying to keep it all together. But we all go wrong naked. the whole time. You get naked in it? I don't. Mm. She looks incredibly gorgeous in it, I have to say. She's the most gorgeous woman yeah. in the world. No, <laughs> I haven't got any makeup on. I've got a bad haircut, but never mind. We keep going, don't we? What was it like to film Acorn Antiques? How much? How much of that? Um, it was it very rehearsed, very slick, very scripted, or how much? Yes, you very scripted, very serious, and we never did it in front of an audience, which is quite an interesting fact. So uh, you know, we had to be. Victoria, God bless her, was a very strict. Uh, you know, uh, it was like music. The script. Nothing changed at all, um, <clears throat> but it was great. And uh, a bit like you in a way, Pamela, the thing is to have a core of people coming together, you know, year after year, that is a huge plus because you all know each other. You can all work together really quickly. You trust yeah. each other. You can have a laugh. You've got to have a laugh. Um, and so I was very, very lucky to be in her gang. Very lucky. Um I was going to ask you both. Uh, obviously, this this show is for and most. A lot of our audience are comedians, comedy writers, wannabe comedians, and con uh, comedy writers. How did you both know, or when did you both know that you had funny bones? Like, when did you both know that you could you can make other people laugh and you had that in you? Scale. Well, 
truly, I think the sound of people laughing at you, particularly if you're, say, in a theatre and a whole audience is laughing at you, I mean, it is a huge thrill. There's no question about it. And even, you know, on a film set, for instance, with uh, Better Things, I suppose the first opportunity probably is the first time you do the script. And if, you know, the crew are laughing, we're happy, aren't we, Pamela? Or yeah, but Pamela that's, laughs. that's the worst, the worst gauge because we sit there, we're like, oh my God, we're going to do it for the crew right now. It's going to be so awesome. <laughs> right. go in there and they're all like, nobody fucking, not even one titter, nothing. <laughs> and they're like, oh dear. Yeah, is it true? It's yeah. so anticlimactic because they're sitting there going like, yeah, come on. Yeah. They're go. all thinking about their own things. They couldn't give exactly. a shit about us. And it's yes, it is. Because you get but, very nervous when you know the crew are all coming in. And yeah, then you start up. We want them to like react the way we, you know, we want them to be like, oh, and then we have <laughs> Alan Tanner, who's our set guy, and he <laughs> makes us feel good. But I... I, my dad was a comedy writer. So I grew up in this world. You know, I grew up on sound stages and I grew up around guys like Jimmy Comack and, uh, you know, um, all the, the great old dinosaur writers who were all pages at NBC. And uh, I remember my dad did a live show. It was a musical version of, Archie Comics and Jimmy Comack was producing it. And I walked around like I was a producer, like I was pretending, like I had a script under my arm, 10 years old, <laughs> script under my arm, a scarf around my neck, because you have to have a scarf around your neck when you're a producer. And I did the warm up. I oh. told jokes oh. when I was 10 years old for the audience. And wow. I just had the bug early on. I just wanted to be on stage. I wanted to be a performer. I knew that um, laughter was the greatest diffuser. And for and growing up with a very intense dad, mm -hmm. you know, um, who we locked horns from the time I was 11 until I moved out of the house when I was 18. And then after I moved out of the house, my dad and I, got very close and started writing together. Oh. And through that process of kind of sitting down and telling stories and taking a piss out of each other, it was like therapy. And we overcame a lot of the stuff that was very hard growing up in, and mm. living in the same house. I think comedy is a great tool for diffusing any sort of tension yeah. and anger. And I think a lot of people that have come from dramatic backgrounds, you know, or conflict in their families, you know, yeah. gravitate towards that for sure. I and, um, think medically laughing it is a great cure. I mean, mm. I really do. And everybody's having a hard time at the moment. But yeah. to have a laugh, honestly, it makes your whole face and body feel better. It changes all of your yeah. DNA. It yeah. flips it all around. So as you mentioned, we are in lockdown at the minute. What is making you laugh at the moment? Is there anything? In Have lockdown. you been watching anything? Is there any comedy that you've gotten into? Or are you watching serious shit? What are you watching at the moment? Um, well, I mean, I'm writing a movie. Oh, 
Oh, uh, oh I love the cut. Uh, Pamela's just swiped the curtain away to show us the uh, storyboard there. I had to get curtains because, I mean, I was literally doing like Zooms on shows and they yeah. were reading the board. Oh, <gasps> no. I know. No, no, no. You know, I have been, um, I've been cooking a lot. I, um, the girls come in and out, like they get re-quarantined, um, uh, you know, uh, because they have exposure. So then they have to go back into isolation. And um, I, t I take care of my mom and I bring her food like every day. And uh, I've been, I've watched some stuff and now I'm on a doomsday, like a total, I watched 2012 last night <laughs> and- um, Contagion, you try Contagion, yeah. Cloverfield. Right. I, I watched Contagion at the beginning of this uh -huh. thing. But um, yeah, I like getting myself all amped up without, you know what I mean? Like, ooh, yeah. that's really bad. <laughs> Give me something worse than what's going on. <laughs> you know, that helps me. But um, some days, you know, I'm extremely productive and some days I just get weary. And isn't that um, strange though? Honey? How, isn't that the strangest thing, how tired you get? on days when you really have not achieved very much. Mm -hmm. I thought that absolutely extraordinary. I mm. think, I feel like the time is going by so fast right now, which yeah. is weird. I, I don't even know. I, I just, yeah. I'm trying to remember the day that I became a British citizen, which was- This I was in January, right? January. Yes. So it's like, you know, that was the craziest day too, because I walk into the office, there were like 19 people in there and out of everybody in the world, there was a writer from King of the Hill in the room. Oh, right. <laughs> Alex, what the fuck? So Pamela, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but did you know that Celia was a pop star and had a top 40 record in the UK? Oh, she does, but no. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Yeah, I'm sure I bored you with it, Pamela. If you not, I mean, I would be, I would be demanding that everybody on set knows this. But I'm obviously, really demanding, but I perhaps missed that one. It's the beginning I mean, I of think that's the Mamma Mia too. What's your stage name? Oh, it's from Mamma Mia too. Yes, when I kissed the teacher. Mamma Mia too. <laughs> when I kissed the teacher. Check it out. Got in the hip parade. I've I feel like between the two of you, do you remember the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon? Yeah. Do you remember that? Like where I feel like between the two of you, you're probably related to every film or TV series that exists. Or animation, because of course, Pamela, you've voiced so many beloved characters over the years. Is that something you're continuing to do or? Yeah, I'm doing, uh, I do a lot of animation in, in lockdown. It's crazy because, um, here I'll show you. Yeah. I got my own setup. I had to because everybody's we're we're recording from home, so I got this this set up and it can go right into my computer. Um, I I've done um, uh, I've been lucky enough to do do a, a character on Big Mouth, so I've done a bunch of Big Mouths, and we're trying to find the way to make it sound great. Um, I did Archer, and they like literally sent a black box. 
with this uh-huh. mic and it was like it was an organ and had to go you put your head into it because i've seen these advertised where you like it's like yeah it's like a living breathing thing you know that that's that's really smart because what's happening is you're getting this bounce and the sound mix is not going to be great but you know i mean of course animation is the way to go right now because you don't have to have exposure um yeah. mm. but you know, yeah, I've been lucky enough to to be doing um, my animation from from home. You just want to take care to make it sound the best. Like I have a mic that plugs into my phone. Um, I have this Yeti. Hey, you guys, what are you doing? Uh, same. <laughs> oh, good. Is that a Yeti? Yeah. Marvelous. We're professional. Oh my gosh, I, feel like I need I need a Yeti now. Um, but with the animation side of things, I mean, you've got like, you've literally been on all the biggest cartoons going. When did you start that? Was that when you were a teenager or, or were you younger? I, I did it. Smile skills. Take a picture. Yes. <laughs> um, I started doing that um, in my early 20s. And, you know, I was in, I was doing radio. I, I did a lot of radio. Um, and I really wanted to break into animation and I just could not do it. And yeah. uh, then all of a sudden I started getting my first animated jobs and then, and then I never did radio again. It was, it's like, for some reason you could do one or the other, but um, yeah, I, I'm very, very lucky that I was able to do that. And I always say that it's not just, you know, uh, having, you know, having an interesting voice helps being able to act. You have to, but it's about your ear, you know, and all the greatest animated actor animation actors that I know are brilliant mimics. They can, you know what I mean? They, they just go through this Rolodex in their head of like sounds and things like that. And when I'm, um, looking for people for my show and I'm casting my show, it's always about the voice of the mm-hmm. actor. I'm attracted to um, that the sound. So if somebody's got like... Celia's voice of, is incredibly... You're, you've got an incredibly distinctive voice, haven't you? It's, it's weird. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought so, but I do remember it being one of the subjects that we... Um, pa- Pamela and I, when we first met, we, we used to do... Oh, Lynx, wasn't it? Lynx. Lynx. And one was animation, because I played Sally the Surgeon, who was a hippopotamus. Um, and um, and I'm doing another one, hopefully, um, a, a Spanish... See, she's asleep. <laughs> I'm doing a Spanish one, playing uh, oh, Bonneville's mother in a, in a Spanish uh, um, animation about mummies. I mean, you know, so, wow. yes, certainly something that we can grab hold of now, particularly. Anything mm. like that. Yeah, 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 because... Is it fright? How do you feel about the industry at the moment? It looks like, certainly, the BBC put out a press release... Um, or, or there was a press release involving the BBC about how they're going to start bringing actors back to EastEnders, one of our biggest shows over here. And, you know, the industry's starting to look at ways to come back. How do you feel about that at the moment? Well, I, I've been having a, a WhatsApp conversation with the cast of the Pinter play that I did um, earlier on last year. And the thing is, it is very dramatic what's what might happen to the theatre. But the truth is, would any of us 
really like to go and sit in an auditorium, a packed auditorium with our kids right now. I, I wouldn't want to. So, I mean, things are going to have to change hugely. Absolutely. I think, all, I think we should all go outside and do outside productions. Yeah. You know, we don't Absolutely. need to let it go, but we have to be realistic. Would you want to go it's and sit so, on? It's devastating, though, because brick and mortar is uh, in a very precarious place. And we love our buildings. We love our theaters. And, you know, one of my best friends, Lisa Leguiu, is the um, associate director of Wicked. And she's put it up all over the world, in every country in the world. And the Gershwin Theater in New York City is a 2,000-seat theater. And so it's like, what do you do? When are people going to feel comfortable? You fill the first row with people and then you, you, you count seven rows and keep those empty. But how do you fill the first row? You six feet apart. You know, the whole thing with droplets, six feet is bullshit. You know what I mean? And um, I mean, this is, there's the people, um, particularly in our country right now, it's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And my kids are embarrassed, you know, mm -hmm. um, because of the behavior. And I'm grateful to live in California where people are having some modicum of decency. Yeah. And, you know, so the, the, the thing that we know is that we don't know anything, but hopefully we will not go back to the way things were. The way things were was not sustainable. The way things were, we were on a, a runaway train, a waste culture, climate ignorers, homophobic, racist, um, just, you know, consumption. You know, it's like, how can we, we couldn't sustain that, mm -hmm. you know? So the, the reality is that I, pray that we get better that's what i pray yeah i think and i totally agree with you Celia. i think that's a, such a it's such a great point you know would we be comfortable it's it's all very well campaigning to to save theaters but at the moment I and think, i'd love to but yeah we've got to be realistic you see well, we were actually building to, uh, I was going to say crescendo, but a finale. Um, and I just wanted to to just find out what you've got coming up. Because Pamela, you've got a film coming out relatively soon in June. Is this correct? Is this oh, I have. Um, yeah, I did two films last year. Mm -hmm. um, and they both got into South by Southwest, which was cancelled. And so one's called Holler and one is called King of Staten Island. It's Judd Apatow's new movie with Pete Davidson. And that's going to be on VOD June 12th. Amazing. And Celia, what have you um, Luckily, I managed to do my bit of filming on Keeping Faith in Wales just before the lockdown, um, which had to stop halfway through. And I'm also doing notes on my next book, which is set in yeah. Nice. And is this book number six for you? or where? No, what, what? Uh, Five, I think. Number five. That's okay. so fucking cool, Celia. I know you are. I have to get on. And it's you're like smart and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, it's a great thing to be able to do on your own. Or, yes. You know what I mean? So you get on with it. So at the end of lockdown, there'll be many books, podcasts, and animations, we're hoping. I think that's kind of... Well, you know, here's the thing. It's that... Um, 
it's it's a time of reflection and it's it's a it's a correction for the human race and so um it really there there's no excuse to not kind of go for it right now it's like if you have an idea or whatever um whoever's listening to this find somebody get on skype or zoom with them or on the phone talk to people get your ideas out bounce your ideas off of people you need a sounding board write it down it's like if you don't feel like you can write uh you'd be so surprised you can just sit there and just if you, if you wake up at three in the morning and you're depressed pick up your phone press your voice memos and talk about how you feel listen to it the next morning and laugh at yourself and then you've got a little comedy skit exactly amazing you're a, it's a wonderful that. positivity you've got pamela and actually yes. i don't think people will go back I have great faith in the human race. I think we will go forward. I think we're on our marks, get set, go. Hope so. And I love, Pamela, that you said it's a correction for the human race. I love that. I've not heard that before. What a great expression. Yes. And thank you. It's so uplifting and lovely to hear you both like inspire us. And I'm sure our, our listeners will feel really motivated by that. Um, thank you so much. Good. Thank, thank you, you guys. Too. And enjoy the rest of your day, evening. You take care. How old's your kid? She's five and a half, and she hasn't come up once. Isn't oh, that amazing? Angel. Uh, yeah. Well, she's watching YouTube. She couldn't give a fuck. But, uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, love I love you, Steels. I love you, Pamela. You've been listening to the Funny Women's Survival Guide, and I have been your host, Alexis Strum. Thank you so much to Pamela Adlon and Celia Emery for joining us in the studio today. And thanks also to Kate Stone, who joined us on the chat, and the rest of the Funny Women team. Of course, first off, you can find Pamela on Twitter, at Pamela Adlon, so two A's in the middle, and better things you can easily find on your iPlayer. And finally, let's get to some recommendations. I can't say it. Recommendations. I think I'm going to ditch that. Let's get to some comedy recommendations so do check out Drunk Women Solving Crime, the podcast, which is still going on in lockdown, fab show. And Stevie Martin and her sister Gina's Might Delete Later podcast, at Might Delete Later, on Instagram. Um, Stevie is absolutely hilarious. I don't know if any of you have seen her fab audition and Zoom sketches um, on the interwebs, but yeah, you've got to check her out. And Funny Women News. Okay, so there's another comedy crash course taking place on the week of the 15th of June. And also the Funny Women Awards 2020 are in full swing. You've got the weekend left to submit your scripts to the Comedy Writing Award and your shorts to the Comedy Shorts Award. You might have the next better things on your hands. Find out more on funnywomenawards.com. And finally, if you want to find out more about me, go to thetimeialmost.com and see how my hair looked before I cut it myself and created a freaking mullet. Yeah, stay away from the scissors, guys. You are not qualified. Please subscribe, download, rate, review, love, sex, marriage, this podcast. Your ongoing support means so much to us. Thank you. Stay funny and stay safe.